You're listening to your Brett Brown's Life Matter with David and Kane. Kane, talk to me. Take my mind off the Sixers. I feel so sorry. Why are you so obsessed with the Sixers all of a sudden? I feel so sorry for Brett Brown, Kane. <laughs> I have empathy. I have empathy. Yes. I feel so yes. sorry for Brett Brown. Someone should free that man. Just please, just let him go. Just let him go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kane, talk to me. Take my mind off of this, please. Well, why do you feel so sympathetic for Brett Brown? It's just too much. You know, if he had his foe squad, and mm. they're doing terrible. At least then you can say, and then he'll probably just get fired, right? And there'll be nothing to it. It'd be simple. He couldn't produce with the, the great squad that he has. But every year, it's something different, whether it's incorporating a new player like Jimmy Butler, whether it's dealing with injuries, uh, which could be Embiid, which could be Simmons. There's always a missing piece somehow. And then as a result, He's brought back again and again and again to only fail again and again and again. I just can't take it, Also, man. they're getting blown out by the Celtics. I'm watching. Have you seen him on the sideline? I, I feel for the dude. He's so frustrated. You can tell he's so frustrated. This couldn't be easy, right? Like, no one deserves this. I don't know. Like, I don't really feel sympathetic for Brett Brown. The, it, it's not an easy job. Period. And any job that he's going to get is going to have the same level of scrutiny. Like you think about like, oh, Chicago Bulls haven't been under the microscope in the past few years. But, you know, the coach, the previous coach only lasted two seasons anyway. You look at the, you know, you look at a Cavs situation or any other team that's not doing so well. Like you only have so much rope. Brett Brown's been the head coach for the Sixers for a long time now. And, and the reason being is because they're a playoff team. They're a perennial playoff team. Um... And I think at the root of the problem is the fact that when they drafted all these players, when they were tanking, when they're going through the process, they just drafted whatever players. It didn't, they didn't like have a strategy in terms of positional fit. And maybe that's fine. Like I do kind of agree with that conceptually, like the idea of just get the best talent and then everything else you can work out later. Um, and there's famous examples where people picked for positional need as opposed to talent and they got burned for it royally but I think in this circumstance they got the plays and they got franchise level cornerstones but unfortunately they just I don't know they're just not meshing quite right and I'm not sure if that's the coach or if that's just on the two guys that just can't coexist or we just haven't got a large enough sample size of these two guys playing on the court together to see any true, I don't know, basketball impact beyond the regular season. Kane, just, I want you to explain this to our listeners and to me. You predicted the Celtics um, will win this series. I predicted the Sixers. But deep inside me, I thought it might be really one-sided. I thought the Sixers could potentially wrap this up in six games. Okay, you gave it seven games. Did I give it seven games? But but deep inside, I was thinking, okay, you know, I th- I think they can wrap up this in, in six games. The Sixers will handle the, the business, okay. They've been playing just terrible. They Like, these are some of the worst-looking games. Mm. At home, the Sixers mm. were blowing mm. out, dominating opponents. How is it that they can't put a productive product on the court? 
It, it can't be just Ben Simmons, Kane. Like this team, it's too good to be just relying on Ben Simmons. This is one of the most expensive teams in the league th- this year. To your point, though, the Sixers have won the last of uh, out of the last five matchups. They've won four of them, and they only lost lost the last one in February before the pandemic hit. Um, so the Sixers have had the Celtics number at least recently until this playoff matchup. I think in this most recent game, they're hanging around. I think they did a good job um, sticking around. But like you said, I felt like the Celtics were always in control. Game two, which they got blown out, it just looked like um, the Celtics just could get any shot they wanted to. And this, the Sixers had to work really hard. Tobias Harris is notorious now. Because he's going to get a huge part of his contract means he's going to get paid over forty million dollars next season, and in game two he only managed to get like thirteen points. Um, this is a dude that should be the superstar of your team that should be carrying um, some type of workload, whether offensively or defensively. Most likely offensively, if you're getting paid that much money, and if you can only if you can't even if if you can't. Anthony Davis just like plays around. Like in game one, he couldn't he couldn't hit a shot, and he got twenty eight points. Tobias Harris is the workhorse on the offense, and he, he can barely get 15 points. Um, I, and I, I watched, I looked like he was trying really hard. He was trying, to, he's not just selling for jump shots, he was trying to rummage through the paint, and the Celtics just knew how to defend him properly, I guess. And I think that's not good enough, and I think Tobias Harris is on everyone's wish list, wish list to get the fuck out of Philadelphia. That's number one. I think the Celtics too, they were lucky to get rid of Al Horford. Al Horford got like a huge payday from the Sixers as well. I don't think he's an effective player. and um, Or maybe at his age now, he's not going to be too much more effective. And Joel Embiid, I think he looks disinterested. He looks... He looks like he's... He look, he, I, 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 guess, well, I guess he looks like... He's there for his teammates. Like he says and does the right things. Like when he comes onto the bench and to timeouts and stuff, he high fives. He doesn't look so like mad at his teammates. But you can just see when he's on the court, when he's playing, he's not at his joyful self. Um, and I think he's just ready to go home. I don't know if it's the bubble or his teammates or the lack of Ben Simmons impact being there, but he just looks like he's done. I don't understand. Because it's not like Tobias Harris was signed three years ago and then, you know, this is no. not working out and he's yeah. suddenly got an ode. He was just signed. They picked him. They literally just picked him yeah. over Jimmy Butler. Mm. Okay? Mm. And he played well mm. last year. And he got, he signed a fucking, like, uh, how, how, what was this contract? Like 130 Well, maybe Jimmy million? Butler made the decision. F- yeah. Well, maybe Jimmy Butler made the decision for them. Jimmy Butler might have just said, no, I'm not, not re-signing with you guys. I'm going to Miami. Um, so maybe that's a moot point. They, only, they had to choose Tobias Harris at the end of the day because that's the guy that was on the contract already, on the team already, sorry. Regardless, they gave Tobias Harris a maximum contract. I think his contract is like $170 yeah. million. Dollars. He's going to yeah. make like yeah. 40-something yeah. million dollars next year. So yeah. how does he turn yeah. from that to a player that can score double digits. He has to work, yeah. He scored like seven points last game. I, 
I mean, he has to work for his shots. He's not an he's not a natural dribbler. He's not a guy that is smooth that can run to into into the paint and score easily. Um, it looks hard. It looks like it's hard work. And maybe the Celtics are just a great defensive team and they know how to guard him. But I they're playing well, but they're not the domination force, right? It's they're not just an like, elite defensive team. They're not a defensive yeah. elite team. The yeah. Sixers, they just can't fucking score. It seems like they can't shoot. I'm not. Sh- it's either they can't shoot or they can't create. It just everything is a struggle. It, yeah, it, it just it's, it looks so easy for the Celtics because they get space. Um, they just take what they're given. So if if the Sixers are crashing the paint, they just shoot from the three pointer. If if they're coming out to three point, then they go in, into the paint and they get an easy dunk. Um, and they got workhorse. They got guys that just like just you know um, what, what do you call it? like they just play hard like they got Daniel Tyson and his Cantor okay, I know you like to make stop. fun of the okay, stop stop I know you like no. to make fun of them but they 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 come but they come off the but they come off the bed well Cantor comes off the bench and he makes Embiid work for his rebounds Marcus Smart game three down the stretch his steal his steal that he dies for and then before he lands he actually passes the ball to Kemba Walker initiating the fast break yeah oh my god oh my god my head's gonna explode He's so smart. So the effort. The effort. So the effort level is there. The basketball IQ, making the play, mm. not only just stealing the ball in, in terms of getting the possession, but setting up that possession for a quick and easy basket. So maybe that's what's missing. Maybe that's what's missing from the sixes. Maybe there's missing some level of basketball intelligence and court awareness. When the Celtics lost Al Horford, it wasn't, oh, thank God we lost Al Horford. It was... Wow, mm. he can't, we can't. We did our best to try to retain him, but he went. He, we lost him. Right? We're. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. He's a real talent. Al Horford. He was a valuable asset. Al Horford today in this series. In this series, he can't score double points. He's scoring like four points a game, and he looks sluggish. I don't know why. He can't fucking shoot. Al Horford is known to be a shooter. Tobias Harris is known to be a shooter. These aren't people that are known to be just like standing underneath the net, uh, getting like putbacks and dunks. These are agile, flexible players. That's why they they, they sign these guys to max contracts. That's why Al Horford is getting $90 million plus. Yeah. I mean, they're just not producing. I mean, they're they're not getting the space. They're not getting the looks. They're not getting the right looks. I think Simmons literally gives them better looks than that. They don't have a true point guard in the field. I don't know Shake Milton's true position, but I don't think he's a point guard. I look at the bench. They got Mighty Tybal. They got Furkin Korkmaz. They got Alec Burks. I think those are all shooting guards. They got Mike Scott playing a few minutes. Yeah, you're right. Al Horford, uh, only six points on 20% field goal percentage in game three. Um it's just not it's not enough you know it's it's not enough for for this team to going forward he's not getting good looks he's not getting any looks really he's he's only attempted five shots in in last game and and this is the closest game you know that they lost by um so al Horford is not it's just not producing enough he's i don't know if it's his age or just the system now or the fact that ben simmons is gone but this team just lacks a true um point guard basically to help distribute and spread the offense around in game three, the 76ers out-rebounded the Celtics on the offensive boards. The Sixers had 20-3. to three. 
they had 17 ex- extra possessions mm. and they still lost. Mm. Meaning they can't put the ball in the basket. They had 17 extra possessions and they still lost. How's that possible? How's that possible when you have 17 extra possessions? I think that's sometimes you just sometimes you just have it. Like the Celtics just have it this this series. First quarter, let's start the game. And for the first 17 possessions, you you get the ball. <laughs> Kane, I don't, I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. I, I really don't know what's happening. You know, one of the things that people talked about was the size of the Sixers, right? You look at their starting lineup uh, with Simmons, without Simmons. It's massive group. It's massive size. And we're not talking about, you know, tall, tall players that are lumbering. We're talking about Tobias Harris or Al Horford, smart players, plus their players with finesse that knows how to shoot. I think the, the problem is that you say not lumbering, but Al Horford and Joel Embiid compared to Tice and um, Tatum and Brown playing those forward roles, they are lumbering compared to those guys who, yes, maybe in other systems are playing shooting guard. Like um, Tatum would probably be shoot, a shooting guard on the sixes, you know, but it, it is what it is. The fast, the faster, the quicker, they're more agile, um, they're way more finesse, and they get their hands on the balls at all times, defensively and offensively. They're just always around the ball, and they always, um, like, they always, it, it seems to me, at least in game two, they're always on a fast break. Every other, every other possession, possession was, you know, like a two on three or something like that that they were converting. Um, I mean, game three, it was much closer, but you know, down the stretch, it, it was it was really just the Celtics hitting the shots. Being swept in the first round like this, and not just like being, if you were competitive and getting swept, okay, fine. But just like, just almost like giving up, not giving enough effort and getting swept like this. Do you think it's time to actually just blow this up? We just completed the process, but is it time to actually just restart the process again? I think, I think, I don't know. I think they have another iteration of the process there, right? Because Joy and Joy and well, who would you keep? You would keep just one of them, Brett, right? Just let Brett Brown go. Just let Brett Brown go, please. Yeah, just, but who, you would keep one, you would keep one of these superstar players, right? I might keep Ben Simmons. I think I might have to keep Ben Simmons. You have to keep one of them, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't lose both. No, no, you, you definitely keep one. You definitely keep one. But I think this series has proven, has shown me that John B by himself, he can't do it. He's not the difference maker. At this, He's not the at difference this, maker. At this era of the NBA, I think. I think that if this was 90s basketball, it might be different where the center's dominated. John B, he ultimately, he can only, it's almost like him against the Celtics. Whereas mm. I feel like, you mind it? Let's say we only had one of the stars, right? Let's say instead of uh, Ben being out, we had Embiid being out and Ben Simmons in, in the lineup. I think they'll do a lot better. I think he'll make the game a lot easier for Al Horford. He'll make it easier for Tobias Harris. We know is, that Ben Simmons can't shoot, but just he, he, he makes the game more dynamic rather than so predictable. The thing is, yeah, I think with Ben Simmons, he can literally play power forward. Like, Maybe not against all teams, but definitely against the Celtics. He can play power forward comfortably, and he's going to get the rebounds. 
Joel Embiid, yeah, he's going to dominate inside the paint and get 15 rebounds. But so can Ben Simmons. Like, Ben Simmons might get, you know, might just end up, play powerful and end up with 12, 13. doesn't make a huge difference. I think the biggest difference is how many points are you responsible for? Joel Embiid is probably responsible for his 25, 30 points plus a couple of assists, so 34 points, right? 36 points. Ben Simmons, you know, scores 8 points, 10 points, 12 points, whatever. But he assists another 10. That's already another 20 points. Um, so it works out to be about the same, but I just think when you get the confidence of other players buying into the offense and playing together, I think that helps out on the defense, that helps out on the overall you know, morale. Um, and yes, maybe Ben Simmons is a shittier person than Joel Embiid as well, so that's something we should factor in. I don't, I'm just making that up. but And maybe his effort level isn't high as Joel Embiid. I, just, I made that up as well. But all these are other factors that might contribute to who the Sixers might consider getting rid of in the offseason. I, I, and I think, yes, a sweep does necessitate some type of action this offseason. And it might be a dramatic one, whereas Joy and B gets traded to the Nets for Jared Allen straight up. That's oh, goddammit. Jared Allen, Deirdre Jordan. <laughs> okay. And uh, you, can, oh, you can have Spencer. We'll give you Spencer as well. It's like I, I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna respond to that. I'm not even gonna respond to that. I don't know if you're joking or not. I'm. Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Karis Levert, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so do you think they'll actually make a move? Like they must make a move. I'm, I'm. When I say make a move, I'm not talking about Brett Brown, right? I'm talking about what, breaking up the stars. Yeah, you know, you know, I was, I was always in favor of giving this another year because of of the injury and. And I think they're still young. Like they can still, they can still see a bit. bit like I think the ceiling is hasn't quite been tapped in yet. But I just think a sweep means some people in the organization, like higher up in the organization, are going to be very impatient and very angry with the results in the bubble. And I think they're going to be demanding something happens, whether it's firing Brett Brown or trading Joy Embiid or Ben Simmons. Or Tobias Harris, but I don't think you can get anything with Tobias. I don't think anyone's going to take Tobias Harris. So, but you make it sound like it's just the the Sixers organization. I mean, you look at this team. Aren't you frustrated? Aren't don't you feel like I don't care? Like we can't keep just doing this. I don't care. I think the fun. You don't care. I thought you loved the Sixers. I think yeah. I like I like watching. I think the fun. I think Ben Simmons and Joel be the fun to watch. I, I I don't care if they they train like. They're not going to win the championship. You picked them to go to the finals last year, by the way. They're very close. Okay. God, you're heartless, man. They're you're very close. Fucking heartless. I don't think I. I don't think <laughs> okay. I picked two. I think okay. Well, let's see. Like just like you. Okay, I spent. I think we spent way too long talking about this. But I think I think just to wrap this up, I think the Celtics are good, but they're going to be face, facing the Raptors in the next series. Okay, so before we go to the other games, should we just quickly cover off uh, some of the news that happened this week? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the draft lottery happened this year, or sorry, this week. Yeah. Um, and fraud occurred. Fraud! That's right. The Golden State Warriors, a team that won 73 games one year, then the next year they landed KD, and then the next year they decided to take a year off and somehow landed now the number two pick to add to an all-star Hall of Fame lineup of Stephen Curry, 
of Clay Thompson, of Draymond Green, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And going to add the number two pick. I mean, it's not that hard to believe. They had the worst. I think they had the. I think they had the worst record in the NBA. And them with the Wolves and I think it was the Cavs or Hornets. I forget. No, not the Hornets. Some other team had the three worst. Had equal equal odds to get the first overall pick. And I forgot who the other team was, but yeah, the Wolves and Warriors, I guess you know, went to plan and they got the number one and number two pick in a weak draft class. Um, I think the rumor is, though, that they're going to try to trade the pick away. The number two pick, that's worth something. That's worth a starter. Well, there was a draft class. There was a, there was a draft where Anthony Bennett went first overall because literally there was, like, no one else. The, the consensus top three picks is two guys that play in America, I don't know, James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards, whatever. But the, the other guy is Lamelo Ball, and I personally watched him play in professional basketball in Australia. And mm. maybe it was too easy for him. Maybe he wasn't trying hard enough. Maybe he was trying to protect himself from injury. But it didn't look like a guy that would like, you know, step on the NBA court. 0, 0.0 rebounds. Yeah, he has no defensive ability, literally. He's 6'7", but he has no defensive ability. Having said that, it's intriguing to put a 6'7 point guard along with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green and um, just see him facilitate two shooters, basically. But that's what Draymond Green's role was for a long time. It was defense, rebounding, and passing. Um, fraud, eh? I don't know. I think, I think it's... It is what it is. They tanked, they got injured, and they reaped the re- they reaped the rewards. And they also got a high draft pick next year because the Wolves, when they traded for D'Lo, um, they also got a future first round pick. So I think if the Wolves didn't get in the top five this year, it would have converted to the Warriors. But but um, I think they knew the Wolves were going to suck, so um, they said, um, "Yeah, keep your pick this year, basically protection of like top three or top five, whatever." But next year, I think it automatically automatically converts to the Warriors. So the Warriors have two first round picks, I guess. Um, but the Wolves, I don't know. Like, did you, did you want to say anything about the Warriors? I'm more intrigued by the Wolves, to be honest. <sighs> I don't know why you're intrigued by the Wolves. Oh, okay, right, because your boyfriend D'Lo is on the Wolves. Um, of course, the Wolves. The Wolves somehow, some way, lands the number one pick. Well, that's great. It's good. It's definitely great. It's definitely great. Yeah, I mean, they got the pick of the litter, basically, right? So, like I said, yeah. they, it's Lamella yeah. Ball, it's James Wiseman, who's like a seven-foot center, or pow, uh, whatever, or, you know, forward, and Anthony Edwards, who's a shooting guard, who, well, you know, a few mock drafts I've read is he's the consensus number one because he's a shooting guard, an off-ball player that can play off D'Lo and can play some defense and play around Cat, who's the center. Having said that, I think it would be incredibly sexy if they could package that number one overall pick along with whatever other players on the team you can muster together and maybe some other future draft capital and you go and get... Devin Booker. Devin Booker. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> but unlikely. That's unlikely. I don't think... I don't, I, and then add Kane so that they can have a 3 I, I think Devin... <laughs> I think Devin. I think Devin Booker's. I think Devin Booker's stock is sky high right now after 
basically coming second in the bubble MVP um, and being undefeated in the bubble as well. I think his stock and he's dating Kendall Jenner or whatever I, I know, I've seen. So, Who? What? Um, Booker. Who? Yeah. I don't, I don't know dating, but just Jesus Christ. on Twitter, they put pictures oh together. He's like, Devin, Devin Booker is living the life right now. <laughs> like literally when he's kissing his girlfriend, it's like kissing Blake Griffin and Ben Simmons. And Carl Kuzma. And, uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> hope that he's using mouthwash afterwards. Yeah, I, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't think the Bulls will be able to trade the number one overall pick. Like I said, this is a weak draft class. But if this is the right. time to shoot the shot, you know, th- this is it. You know, they got the draft. They got the draft yeah. pick. They literally got the best draft pick this year. I don't know who else they can trade, but if they can somehow work magic and get these three guys, maybe it's not. You know, a championship roster, but they're so young and they're so exciting, and it'll be so, and they'll be a playoff team for sure. Um, I think they'll just be fun. Like, I think that's enough, right? It's, it's you don't always, there can only be one champion, right? Every year. I think it's good just to build a team that can make the playoffs con- consistently. And then maybe from there, you can decide whatever you want to do, like the Sixers are doing. But just give them, you know, because they're always a, one of the worst teams in the league, give them. Four or five years where they're, you know, the fifth seed, the fourth seed. I, they'll love that. Minnesota will love them. And they'll, be, they'll get statues together. Like a single statue with all three of the heads. Like a, like a mini Mount Rushmore in Minnesota. Like kissing, right? No, like French kissing. Like, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> French kissing. They're bringing respect back to Minnesota. Kevin Garnett abandoned them. Kevin Garnett doesn't want anything to do with his franchise. Oh, but come on. Cat does. What are you talking about? Dilo, disaster. I think once he wants to be loyal. Dilo wants to be loyal. He just needs a team to, you know, find that you know reciprocation to his loyalty. And Devin Booker, he wants to be with his friends. So I think it's possible. It's unlikely, but uh, it's starting to it's starting to materialize some type of thing. I, I don't think it can because especially given Devin Booker's and the Suns' performance uh, in the bubble, I don't think I that can. was a heartbreak. I think Minnesota, yeah. But I think the optics will be so bad if the Suns then traded Devin Booker for anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, because the Suns' trajectory right now is quite high because they got you know, like you said, Devin Booker. They got DeAndre Ayton playing well. Well, they got Ricky Rubio who. We've been saying this entire episode, point guards are important. So he's like the quintessential point guard. Um, just pass first, dude. Um, and they've got a bunch of young guys that play hard and, and contribute to this team. So yeah, um, I don't know what the Sunstruff. I think Sunstruff. Uh, I'm going to find what the Sunstruff pick is. Okay, Charlotte. That's pretty surprising. They went really high. They went, they, they moved up. So they dropped third. The Bulls dropped fourth. I, didn't, I forgot about that. Cavs always dra- draft fifth. Whoa, the Suns draft third. No, 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 no. Hornets draft third. Sorry. Okay. I'm just reading. Would you say off. when did the Suns draft? Uh, Knicks eighth. Wizards ninth. Suns a tenth. So they can they can add a they can add a solid like, at least a player coming off the bench. Or like uh yeah who knows but uh, tenth isn't bad tenth isn't bad to a team that. Just went eight and zero against playoff teams, basically. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, low chance, I think, Devin Booker. Now, if they were in the bubble and play like the Wizards, then potentially Booker can end up in Minnesota. But given their performance, I don't think the Suns are going to move anybody. 
Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so the last team that we got to talk about is the Knicks. So apparently the refrigerator broke uh, and the Knicks couldn't get their envelope selected. <laughs> <laughs> the dry ice machine wasn't working. And some, somehow, some way, the Knicks get bumped to eighth, uh, eighth place. I think I read this fun, crazy stat that since they won the draft lottery with Patrick Ewing, since then, they have never won again. And secondly, in like most of these drafts or whatever, there has they haven't even moved up. In most of the drafts, they've moved down, actually. <laughs> um, so once again, they've dropped from the sixth best odds to the eighth pick. So, um, so they dropped two spots, which isn't terrible, but I mean, it's, you know, it's not great. Like, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. Considering it's last terrible. season, the, the Pelicans went from ninth or tenth to the first overall pick. And the, the Lakers. And the Lakers went from like 12th or 13th to, no, the fourth. Or fourth or yeah. third. The fourth, right? Fourth pick. Um, so, yeah, the Knicks just uh, shit out luck for 25 years. Uh, the funny thing is apparently uh, it's, it was televised, right? Because COVID, they couldn't be together. Mm, so and, they all over Zoom uh, or whatever. When, yeah. And Leon Rose, he was representing Nick, but he wasn't expecting his name to be called. And then the camera that's like, with the number eight pick, the New York Knicks. And then the, the camera sh- like shows Leon Rose and he's like so surprised. Like, what what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who, <What>? me? <laughs> the league told me I was going to get the first overall pick. Yeah. I thought they rigged it. Um, anyway, anyway. Sad state of affairs, I think, the Knicks. Okay, let's talk about the playoffs. The interesting series is the Clippers against the Mavs. Do you think this duo of KP and Luka can win a championship one year? Or is it just too much? Like, is there just... Would they ever just be... Because KP is not young, right? I mean, he's young, but he's not, like, young, young. He's not Luka young, obviously. I think KP is doing really well. Given that he was injured and he was been he's been out for over a year or maybe even two years now. Do you think he's reached his like he's in his prime now, obviously, but I don't think he can get any better. That's the he's twenty five, just for reference. I just don't believe he's going to get any better than where he is right now. We can't evaluate this year, right? This is no, 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 no. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about the future. Do you believe Luca, who? His one day could be a top three play in the NBA. And KP, who could be at best a top 20 player, top 15 player in the NBA, which would be super high if he got a top 15. Can they ever dominate? Can they ever win a championship when Giannis is, you know, 24, where Kawhi, wow. Kawhi Leonard is still, you know, in his prime right now? Maybe LeBron's gone away. Maybe, you know, there's no KD or Kyrie anymore. Well, first of all, Giannis is in the East. Second of all, Giannis can't get, can't even get past Kyle Lowry. So much disrespect. I think you know Luca can definitely be. Uh, So much disrespect. (laughs) True. It's called basketball IQ. It's called basketball IQ. K. So I I feel like you know KP can definitely be as good a player in the same tier of players as a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right now, he's definitely a, he's definitely a tier below. Right now, he's a tier below for sure. Of course, of course, but he's coming back from injury, and the mm. reason why I'm saying that is his body is looking a lot better. 
Like he looks way stronger this year than like it's like previous years with the Nick, where he looked like a scrawny like. I'm. He looks yeah. like a, he's gonna I'm, get broken. I'm optimistic, but like, like I said, and this is only based on what I've seen so far in the bubble, I suppose. But um, yes, I think he's stronger, but I don't think he's the same dominant defensive player he was when he was the Knicks. Like when he was the center for the Knicks, he was a he was an amazing rim defender. Like he would swat shots all the time. And he just had the best touch around the ball and three-point shots and stuff like that. When he was on his game, he was like just he looked like he was gonna to be top five player in the NBA. I don't think that about like that projection is true anymore. I think at best he can be a top 15 player. And I'm just wondering right now, can a top 15 player and a top three player win the championship? Um because right now I'm doubting a the top one player, top two player, and a top four player winning an ch- NBA championship. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Toronto Raptors, right? Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul. Spicy P. <laughs> For our listeners that don't know, he's talking about the New Jersey Nets. <laughs> I think they're in day. Brooklyn now. I think they, they, man, they man. play in Brooklyn. In the in the stadium that Darren Williams built, right? He designed. <laughs> Darren Williams, <laughs> Devin Harris. He had... Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, Joe anyway, Green. Was anyway. that not Gerald Green? Who was that? Who's we that had Joe. We had Gerald Green for a bit. Um, he was good though. Um, oh, we had so many like random players. It's it's sometimes like cool just to like bring up random players because like no one knows about every team has them though. Every team has like a random player. Like I'm not, I, I, you know, KP doesn't have to be a top five player, right? Like I, I feel like, you know, how many top players can there be? There's only like. Top three players means you're literally there's only three players. It's unlikely they're on the same team. But literally for the last five seasons, the best play in the NBA or best, you know, like, you know, a couple of players in the top five have won the NBA championship every single year. So Luca can do it, but you still need a running mate that is, you know, within the top 10 or, you know, top 15 at least. That could be a KP, but I think more importantly, um, Dallas is in a really good salary situation. They're con- they don't have huge contracts on their books, so they have very reasonable. Well, um, Seth Curry is getting paid forty million dollars next season. What? Man, like not per- <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> He's playing really. Don't joke, because uh, I, I I'm on that bandwagon now. Oh, okay? I saw your tweet. That was a good. That was a good tweet. I liked it. I laughed. Uh, do you see? Did you watch him? He was like. He was killing it, man. Yeah, he's good. He, I, I, I do like, I do like, I like him for the same reasons like Patty Mills. He does his job well. He shoots when he's asked. Seth Curry, he, he fucking like stole the ball from like Paul George, and not just like regular stealing. Like literally, <laughs> just took it from him, and, and like kind of a fast break. Like he's really, he's actually a good defensive player. Yeah, he's good. His game is pretty like yeah all around. Like he's. He's, he's got really high basketball IQ, I'll, I'll say that. He's got really high basketball IQ. I feel like I've always been semi on the bandwagon because I remember like when they used to play against, when he used to play against Steph, he always like somehow contains Steph. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if just because of, he's not scared of Steph or yeah. because of the family relationship. He's also short. But he's he always like, played really well. He's also much yeah. shorter than Steph. Am I, am I wrong? I feel like he's I don't s- know. I feel like he's quite small, Seth Curry. Like, he's barely six foot. But then it's weird. I've said this in the past. Like, I, I've seen photos of people, like, posing with Steph Curry. And then 
those people are like maybe a bit taller than me and then they're like only Steph Curry's only a little bit taller than them so maybe that's just how height works it's just like you say like oh six three is so much taller than six foot like you can't play basketball with you six foot but when they stand next to each other it's like uh, a few centimeters like what's what's the big deal well we just okay there's don't don't worry Kane there's still a chance you're you can still make it to the Timberwolves okay <laughs> uh, is my name am I am I on the am I in the draft pool you guys you guys you can share a room you can share a room in the bubble you need to send my highlight tape you need to promote me <laughs> okay I'll promote you I'll promote you okay so the last team we want to talk about today is the Lakers um, against the Blazers now you put here the Lakers look vulnerable which I disagree I feel like the Lakers have this under control I feel that the Blazers recently also lost um, Zach Collins to an injury I uh, I wasn't saying the vulnerable against the Blazers I think they'll win in five games um like great for portland i had like great for portland winning game one because they showed up mm. they played hard and um anthony davis was having off night i guess i don't know he just was not looking like a 611 dude he was looking like a 6-2 shooting guard you know just selling for sh- um um uh, spot up shots and missing every three-point shot i think um but LeBron did have this like massive triple double in game one. I think he got like, uh, I don't know, what was it, like 20, 16, and 16 or something, like some crazy stat line, like triple double. Um, in game two, though, it was much more modest. He only had 10 points, but Anthony Davis dominated. And like, that's the recipe. I think James, LeBron James, as long as he gets other people involved, he just, I don't know, he does his little run up. He doesn't have to like be involved in every single basket, he's just there as a decoy sometimes. The, that's enough for the Lakers to just dominate the series and win in five games. Why I'm saying they look vulnerable is because I think game one shows a blueprint for how you beat this team, um, this Lakers team. And that's making like Anthony Davis lose confidence. It's frustrating LeBron James. It's getting him off these spots. It's like, forcing Danny Green to take three point, as many three-point shots as he wants to because he literally cannot hit us like anything right now. He's... <laughs> Is letting Danny Green shoot any shot? Let like let Danny Green shoot. That's that's the key to the other team winning. <laughs> Literally give him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> give him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just give him the ball and he misses it. <laughs> just give him the ball because he'll, he'll he'll set you up for like a fast break on the other end. <laughs> you'll like break us all bad and yeah, you can yeah. get a fast break out of it. <laughs> just inbound it. To Danny Green. <laughs> uh, and watch him like ricochet that like line drive off the basket. All the way to those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think... Uh, I haven't given up on Danny Green. I like Danny Oh, I mean, he's going to have some games where he's going to show up, but it's, it's just a bit disconcerting that he's, he's hurting this team so much just with his time on the court. And Anthony Davis wasn't, like I said, this show of himself in game one. Game two, he came up. Like, credit to him. But I think there are blueprints to how you can beat this team. And for a team as deep as the Nuggets, and especially the Clippers, I think they have enough, like, runway to put a scare in the Lakers. And when you get, when you like, down 3-2 or 3-1, that might be enough of a thing to just like scare Anthony Davis away and LeBron just has to do everything himself, which is not going to 
happen mm-hmm. at age 36. So in, a, in some ways, I feel like Portland's given them a good test, being not so difficult that, you know, that they totally just lose confidence, but yeah. giving them a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, um, that's fair And enough. I hope that AD will build his confidence and then come the next round, he'll be ready to go. Yeah, you, yeah, you would hope so. I think uh, Anthony Davis is the X factor for, and Carl Kuzma too. I like I like Carl as much as we kind of shit on Carl Kuzma. I think he's going to be really important going forward for this team because and Caruso as well. He's going to be really important for this team too. Okay, listeners, uh, that's all the show we have this week. Devin Booker, Devin Booker, you've had a great run in the bubble. You're top of your game. It's time to look at the other parts of your life. Look at your spouse. If you're hesitating, there's a very eligible bad bachelor (laughs) in Australia. No, in Minnesota. Oh, in Minnesota. Well, yes, that's right. (laughs) Who who in Australia? He already knows that. He already has... What do you mean? So he's in Australia. I know a boy called Kane in Australia who is very ready to to take on uh, that role in your life. Yeah, okay. He is currently married, but... I hope you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm happy to accept a multi-millionaire into into our lives. I'm sure we can make it work. Okay, dear listeners. Uh, until next time, please stay safe, stay at home, enjoy the basketball. Black Lives Matter. Ooh, Thank you. Nice, nice sign off. See ya. See ya. for listening to your NBA podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at your NBA podcast.